Well, welcome to the Fulcrum Focus podcast. The Fulcrum Focus is where we bring our listeners, uh, individuals who are typically in business, they're leaders, or they're just interesting people with interesting stories. Uh, and the reason we do that is because most of the people that follow me and, and, and watch my podcast, they are people that uh, people like leaders they're going to resonate with. Uh, we bring lots of different kind of folks on to share their story um, because I think you're going to resonate, and especially today. Um, I'm very, very privileged to have uh, Mike Yarborough as my guest. Um, I have talked to Mike a total of 10 minutes in my lifetime, but I've followed him, uh, kind of some stuff he's doing that's, that's really, really neat to me personally. Um, and Mike is, once I started looking a little bit further into exactly what he does, it's, not, it's, it's, it's very, I can't think of a, the greatest adjective, but I'm just going to call it complex for now. Um, Mike's not just a, hey, Mike does this. Um, he's a thinker. Um, he's a he's a um, he's a make it happen kind of guy. Uh, I like the the little I know of his backstory. I think it's cool. Mike is an author. He's a craftsman. He's a business owner. He's a podcaster, um, and he's a lot more than that. Um, he does podcast out of his used to be truck. Now it's a van. Um, he does the podcast just rumbling along. And one day I'm going to see his setup. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, but Mike is uh, married, and uh, he has two boys that are not twins, but have the same birthday, which not many people can say that. So Mike, welcome to the podcast. We so glad you're here. I've been, I've been thinking about getting you on this thing for like a year now. So thanks for, thanks for taking time and being with us and showing us your awesome beard. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate it, Gabe. And, and speaking of beards, it's not usual that I come onto a podcast and I'm one upped on the beard game that your beard is strong. And I mean this in the most respectful way. I'm getting some captain caveman kind of vibes from it. Like, I don't know if you remember that old show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where he just had like super, super thick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's awesome, dude. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to have this conversation, get to know you a little bit better and, uh, and anything I can offer to your audience. Glad to do it. Absolutely. Well, so I first came across you. Um, I think some of my listeners I've mentioned a few times, my, my hobby, my, my therapy that I have for myself is I, I make really nice pens that mean something to somebody. So I could care less about making something that's pretty. Um, but if I can find a material that's meaningful to the person, whether that was a, you know, they may have had a, a father or a grandfather in World War II, or they have a favorite tree, you name it. Um, if I can take a material and make something out of that, that's just meaningful. I, I want to make stuff where, and I don't want to make a lot of it, and it's not a business. And for the federal spies that might be on here, this is not my business. It's something I do for fun. Um, but, um, you know, I, something that I make, if they lose it, they, I want them to cry. It, it's that meaningful to them. And I ran across your stuff because one of your businesses is rustic in Maine. Uh, and you guys take it a hundred miles further. Um, I, I'll, instead of me kind of picking here, there, explain, tell me about rustic in Maine and tell me how you kind of started with that. Yeah. So rustic in Maine, uh, the short version is we create wedding rings out of historic woods and other unique materials. And so we actually began with just solid wood rings or woods, you know, rings that were made from woods, like kind of like what you're saying there, historic woods, old battleship teak, rifle stocks, things that were meaningful to our customers in particular, they would send in. And then we've kind of gone from that to, we still offer those, but we also do uh, titanium rings that have different wood inlays and all kinds of crazy stuff. We actually have uh, uh, coffee from 1941 that we put in some of the rings is just kind of fun. Um, wow. Literally the, the can of coffee, we actually opened it up, all tried it here in the, in the shop. Uh -huh. And uh, there's a date on there that somebody had written in, in uh, like a marker and it was from October, 1941. And so this is just a few 
weeks or months before the bombing on Pearl Harbor, which was just crazy to think about what was going on in the world at that time. Yeah. But, all, but this that kind of stuff that really just connects with with guys, especially we're very you know men are very sentimental. A lot of people don't think about that. And so the the goal with Rustic in Maine is to create these rings that have a meaning beyond just it's a piece of gold that you wear or it's just, you know, something cheap that you have to have, you know, just because you're supposed to wear a wedding ring. And uh, that began in 2016 in my garage. We kicked that off. And that was after about a year of trial and error, just trying to figure out how to do these rings. And the um, and then once we launched, I think we had that was April. We had a sale that month. And then uh, it just literally by November, I couldn't keep up with the orders. And then by July of 2017, I had quit my job as a software developer and was doing that full time. And so, um, yeah. And so now we've got a team we work in Huntersville, North Carolina. We got about 25 people on the team and, uh, we've just been growing like crazy. It's been great. Yeah. And I typically don't reserve my podcast for commercials, but I want to do one for you. If you are, you know, somebody that's, that's, that's going to get be getting married or you are, or you lost your wedding ring or whatever. Uh, the one that blew me away was a gentleman and his new bride, um, did a short video and, his ring, uh, if you hold it, if you think of a ring like this, the top half was, um, was wood that was from um, his grandfather's both smoked pipes. Yeah. They took material from those pipes um, and they put that together for the top part. The very center of the ring, the, bank, the kind of the, the inlay in the very center was, was the gold from his grandmother's ring. And then the bottom part was um was some of the flowers that his bride had as a bouquet it was taken from that field and they were crushed up um and uh and installed on the bottom part if that dude loses his ring he's going to lose several other things he's going to lose his emotions he's going to lose a lot of other stuff because something like that is you, you just you just can't replace something like that it's that's that's forever man um, so you started doing that and like a, like a responsible business person, you didn't, you weren't the guy sweating in the shop. You, you, you hired people, you got, you started running the business. Um, and I think Wolf and Iron existed before that, but kind of at the same time, those things may have been weaving out. Tell us about Wolf and Iron. That's Mike's other business. Yeah. So Wolf and Iron is all about helping men heed the high call on our lives. And so helping us grow as men, as fathers and husbands and leaders and so on. And that actually started before Rustic and Maine did about two years before uh, I grew up without a, a permanent father figure and uh, had a number of guys come along in my life and kind of help shepherd me a little bit. And, and, uh, and in my 30s, I started to take up a little manliness of my own, just started wanted to kick off this thing called Wolf and Iron. And I didn't really have a business model for it. I just knew it was a kind of a ministry, a mission that I wanted to do. And really, one of the things that helped launch Rustic in Maine was I wrote a little article on Wolf and Iron about how to make a wood wedding ring. And that started to get a lot of traction. And so that, that allowed me to see from an entrepreneurial standpoint that people were interested in these sort of alternative rings. And, uh, and so that actually helped kind of kick off Rustic in Maine, give me a little bit more confidence in that business idea. And, um, and so now Wolf and Iron has a business model and, and that kind of stuff. We sell beard oils and beard butters and mustache wax and coffee and all kinds of cool stuff. And we have an online community for guys to join. Um, but that, you know, all these kind of things are happening at the same time. So rustic's kicking off and is, you know, gaining ground and we're hiring people. And then Wolf and iron is also starting to, you know, find its own footing. And uh, we're just finally with Wolf and iron, just getting the, the pieces in place to really make that a unique kind of business. And it's interesting too, because we run two different types of businesses. Wolf and iron is very much volume driven. It's mm -hmm. gotta be, you gotta sell a lot of beard oils to pay your mortgage, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Wolf, uh, rustic and Maine, on the other hand, it's a high dollar, you know, one-time purchase usually kind of item. And so that's a very different, and it's very seasonal, whereas Wolf is as well, but it's totally different seasons. And so as an entrepreneur, uh, I've had an opportunity to see both of these businesses have their own unique challenges and struggles. And a lot of times the, whatever marketers come up with, like the cookie cutter, sort of here's how you do your e-commerce store, it just doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. So it's, it's been good, and, uh, and, and it's both things that I have a passion for and, and you know, would want to do for the rest of my life. Well, it's a great story to hear somebody that's doing something they have a passion for, um, for sure, especially when they're worthy passions as well. Um, what is, um, you know, I think you said you're 41, you've been in business for a little while now. What, what have you learned the most from? Like, you are a, sound like a very trial and error. You're going to go and figure it out um, like, like a lot of us. What have you learned the most from just being a business owner with two very different businesses, different models? Um, what, what have you learned lately? I guess you probably learned a ton of stuff, but what have you yeah. learned lately? Um, well, I'm, I'm 44, by the way. So okay. Just to set the record straight, I, I appreciate you. Anybody I, I listened to that podcast in three years ago. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. That's good. Uh, and I've learned a ton, you know, and, and I actually learned a lot of things as a software developer before I became you know, full-time entrepreneur, I learned a lot of things from the software world that we've actually brought into the, our businesses. And a lot of those things are, you know, um, starting off with like a minimum viable product. You know, how do you, how do you just test the market with something small without going all in on it and see what kind of response you get, tweak it, make some changes. Uh, we have a lot of lean principles that we operate off of, you know, in, in the shop as well. Uh, one of the things that we're really big on in both businesses is that we don't push work onto people. We always try to create a pool system for people to be responsible for their own work. Mm. And so I'm not going to go knock on somebody's door and say, hey, can you take care of this thing this week? I'm going to, we, maybe we'll have a meeting, but I'm going to somehow cue that up for them to say, okay, there's work to be done. I'm going to do that work. And for them to have that accountability and responsibility to carry that forward to completion. Um, so there are a lot of principles like that that we use just that, that were commonplace uh, or becoming more commonplace in the software world that really translate just really, really well to businesses. And, uh, and then there's also just the compartmentalization. So, you know, it's, it's not everybody does everything. It's like, you've got a, uh, some things that you're great at, you do these things. And if you have feedback for other departments or other areas, that's great too. But, um, so there's a lot of those things. And then one of the, you know, just as far as like marketing goes, there's been a tremendous change from the things that worked five years ago and the things that work today. And five years ago, I mean, Facebook was all a rage and it's still, yeah. it's still a good marketing platform. You just, there's a lot more competition. It costs a lot more to do it. It's a lot more, a lot less effective. And so now a lot of businesses like ours, both of our businesses are having to figure out how do we create a full, like a full well-rounded marketing strategy that doesn't just rely on ads yeah. and, and social media. And, uh, and that's actually been a lot of fun for us because we'd like to tell stories. And so we just try to find what are different avenues for telling the stories. Um, if that, yeah, if you that guys happens. have, you guys have great stories. Um, and, and you mentioned LinkedIn hasn't taken off as much as everything else has. And that's kind of where I am right now doing things like this of producing content on LinkedIn. It's, yeah. and then when you figure it out, it's going to change by 25% and then you just pivot and, and, and figure it out again. And what's the new, new kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I've never been to your shop over at, by the way, they're not the same place, are they? We actually are. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we've got a little section carved out for Wolf and Iron's coffee, you know, production stuff. And then for our beard oils and stuff like that, that we do and for shipping. Okay. And then we've got you know, everything else is rustic and main. So we've got two buildings that are basically joined in a little uh, center 
and um and so they uh, we do yeah we've got one side that's more like shop production kind of area where the crafters work and then we got the other side which is more office oriented where my office is yeah gotcha um well i've never been to your shop and i do want to come because i want to go i want to go in back and nerd out for a while but um it seems from the outside looking in um it seems like people enjoy being there and there's a there, and there has to be a culture there for people to act like that um do you guys do you guys focus on culture how do you do that how are you and kind of bleed over into just finding employees that you want to work there for the rest for the rest of their life finding good people keeping them motivated keeping them um engaged um how are you guys trying to pull that off because i know in columbia south carolina that's a struggle i talked to one of my clients on sunday actually and they mentioned yeah we had a whole crew just walk off the other day it's a paving wow. company I'm thinking yeah good grief i don't i know your hr person's on vacation this week so we'll see how that works but so how are you guys doing that so we've been big on culture since we kicked off i mean day one uh we really there were there were things for, like i said from, from me coming from that software world and kind of starting what seemed like at the time a woodworking business uh -huh. i was like there's there's got to be a crossover there where we're bringing some of the niceties from that software world into um you know into kind of a woodworking space how do we do that how do we create that culture where uh people are, are um they, they want to come to work they enjoy being there and so we've got everything from like snacks and you know drinks and and that kind of stuff which you know is pretty big around here uh, we have a lot of get-togethers and so this is the stuff after people have been hired uh, we have a lot of team meetings so we uh, we meet once a week or i'm sorry uh, once a month for our big team meeting and then we'll have a special like uh, we call it pizza with the bros because last name is yarbrough and my <laughs> wife kind of uh, sets that up and basically we order pizza for all the crafters and we just hang out with just those those folks um, taking people out to lunch and different things like that so culture is, is something that we're very intentional about here uh, we also try to get people involved in any kind of giving that we do. So mm. if we have like, let's say a thousand dollars a month that we want to give to some kind of charity, uh, somebody else gets to choose what that charity is and where that's going to go. Okay. Um, and so there's things like that. We have a lot of, um, cookouts and, and different things that we do throughout the year, chili cook-off contest, uh, which I have not won any <sighs> year yet, even though my chili just gets decimated every time. So I think yeah. there's some, some kind of conspiracy, but anyhow, <laughs> we do a lot of fun stuff. And that's intentional to make it not just about work. Um, and, and so that helps create that culture. But then that also means that when my wife and I are hiring someone, we have to say, is this somebody that I would want to be at our chili cook off and hang with? Yeah. You know, like, is this a fun person? Is this, does this person seem to have the, the characteristics of like the kind of people we would love to work with? Not just somebody we have to hire to fill a role. Right. Know? And that's the temptation, especially if you've got a small business, you think, well, I just got to take whoever I can get the leftovers. But if you, if you leave that mentality behind and you say, no, I want to create something amazing. It's going to be easier to hire good people because you're going to get references and you're also going to have a lot of things to compare to. You can say like, do I want somebody who's like, you know, these other five people that we love to work with, or do I want, you know, somebody like the three people we fired, you know? Yeah. And, and just being and standing that ground, and that's really hard to do these days because it's, it's hard to find awesome people. For whatever reason, there's, there should not be a labor shortage right now, but there is still. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, attracting those people, finding those people, you know, has been a challenge, but you can definitely do it. Yeah. And that, that's, man, that's music to my ears. One of my, one of my major roles is for my clients is helping create culture. And 
there's just way too many clients, uh, business owners that just aren't that interested in it. Um, and, and my boss got on my case the other day. He's like, you don't talk about what you do on your podcast. Very, I don't know that they know what you do. Most of what we do is have conversations with business owners. Uh, we solve problems primarily through their employee benefits and actually we put things together so that they can take somebody else's employees. They don't want the employees that have been sitting on the couch eating Doritos for the last two years. They want the employees who actually want to work and, and yep. would, be, would fit a, it, there's a better culture for them potentially. Uh, and there's a better um, total rewards package, things like that. Um, but we work really hard on trying to help create culture for those that will allow us to, uh, even down to the point where, hey, we're going to dedicate, we're going to dedicate, dedicate some time to you every year and have somebody sit down who makes no money off what you what you buy, anything like that, mm-hmm. but generally is going to ask you questions about you, your family, um, and just try to make sure you're taken care of. Because ultimately, we are, we are trying to help business owners and individuals take care of anything that would keep them up at night. Yeah. Uh, we do that through, through employee benefits, but then we also solve problems in other ways uh, that don't have much to do with what we do, but we introduce people like you who somebody might resonate with um, and go, I need to call that guy. Um, so employees, you sound like you guys got a great culture. Um, what is, um, so I mentioned earlier, Mike's also got a podcast. You've got the one, the truck cast. Do you have a separate one too? Or is that just that one? It's all, it's all under the Wolf and Iron umbrella. We just have different types of episodes that we do. So yeah, the truck talk Thursdays, which is just me talking from was my truck. Now it's my van. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then just the interview based podcast, similar to this one here, where we interview people who are doing something cool and, uh-huh. uh, and help, help, you know, kind of position that in a way so it helps guys to grow. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So what's next, what's next for you on your horizon? What do you, what do you see happening? What do you, what's your current project that you're trying to move forward? We've got a couple of things that we're doing and I say we, and not just as in the businesses, but my wife and I, cause some are, and I've got to give her props because she's, I'm, we're both actually very visionary kind of people. Like that's our strength is visionary and creative. Uh, she's more willing to work on the operational side and, and do that kind of stuff. Plus she likes people a lot more than I do. (laughs) She, she does a lot of the fun stuff, you know, that, that I just talked about in the culture side of things. Right. But both of us are trying to, uh, establish, uh, those C level, maybe not C level, but really high level leadership people, especially in rustic and Maine to help it run and grow beyond what we can see. And so we want to be able to give it a vision, but it's the time dedicated to run a, you know, a a bit to take a business from where we are now to where we want to be. Um, that takes really some dedicated, um, types of personalities, people who have strengths in that. So we've, we've just brought on a marketing director and, uh, we have plans to bring on a, um, an operational, uh, person, you know, operational manager kind of person. And, um, uh, with the goal for Summer and I to be freed up to give more vision and more voice to the brand. And um, that's kind of really the goal. I mean, and I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs want to be. Where we get stuck is in, in this sort of like, we're creative, visionary people, but then we get stuck just running things and we just get burned out and, and our, you know, our strengths aren't no longer being used. And so that's where we are right now. And you talk about trying to find the right people. Um, and, you know, that is critical to spend time, uh, getting to know those people that you're bringing in at those high level leadership you know, levels, because you absolutely need them. They are out there, but it's going to take, you know, even more time to find those people than it is to find, you know, people who, who are going to do other things and you've got to spend the time with them. And so that's a big part for us. Um, 
Rustic in Maine is actually going to be introducing a number of groomsmen's gifts and things like that to allow for some repeat customers and higher order overall order value and stuff like that. We really want to promote a lot of USA made brands. And then with Wolf and Iron, it's just, it's still got a long ways to go. We've got our community online called the Foundry that's kicked off. So guys are invited to come and be a part of that. We're kicking off guilds, which are our band of brothers inside of that. And so there's just a lot of stuff going on, lots of new products that are going to be coming out. And uh, just, yeah, like you said, it's, it's complex because there's a lot of different things. Yeah. A little bit of overlap, but not a, not a ton. And, uh, and there's a lot of just moving parts. And so if I'm not thinking about one business, I'm thinking about the other or some book I want to write or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, tell me a little bit about this. Um, what I really, one of the things I appreciate about what you're doing is you've got, you developed your platform. You've got two businesses that are, that are growing and have done well. Um, but then, and, and that's obviously your passion. You're, you're very, um, you're very passionate about that. But one of your other passions is just to see men be men and men to grow and to be encouraged. Um, and there's not enough out there, especially today. Um, and you're using your platform to do that. Tell me a little bit about where, tell me a little about your passion there. Uh, and what you're, what you're doing, what you're seeing. You've got the foundry and you've got the guild and I may have said those backwards. No, it's good. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of, let me back up a little bit. So when I started Wolf and Iron back in 2014, I believe, uh, there was art of manliness and it may have been just a few other small, you know, guys trying to do something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and, but there was a big vacuum. There was a big vacuum as in guys didn't really have a place to go to be men or to learn what it meant to be men. And so that vacuum really invites a lot of negative, uh, attributes towards what it means to be a man or just, mm -hmm. uh, guys will fall into that natural state of just abdicating their responsibility of what it means to be a man in society. And so I thought I want to help fill in that gap with what I'm learning and growing in. And so that's where Wolf and Iron came from. And that's still, that's still the goal. And now we've got a lot of guys, there's a lot more like SEALs and ex, you know, special forces guys, and a lot of guys doing really cool stuff to help men grow and to become better men. At least they're creating content, mm -hmm. but guys still are missing out on the brotherhood. It's that piece where like, I can say, Gabe, my car broke down. I'm six hours away from home. I need you to come pick me up, bro. And you're like, yo man, I'm there. Right. And that actually happened to me. Some of the guys in my guild were like, um, oh, you're out in Nashville. Let's roll. We'll come get you. I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. I've got a text halfway written that I'm including uh, about six guys that I'm, that I'm friends with. And I'm linking that because I, I just listened to that podcast mm -hmm. and I'm linking that podcast going some, a lot of what you just said, but just to let them know, this is what I'm willing to do for you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'd be willing to do this for me, but our friendship, our, our, our friendship is, is that important to me that, and that's the way a, a mentor of mine a long time ago said, if you're, if you think you've got a, a group of a band of brothers, uh, decide that by how many would pick you up at four in the morning if you're on the side of the road. That's that's your real brother kind of thing. Yep. yep um, I've got a text halfway done that I'm going to send to about six guys that I'm close with just to remind them, and just to encourage them as well to think about how are we how are we continuing to push our brotherhood and become closer and closer and bring other people in and then split off and start something else. Yeah. And I mean, and also you want to be surrounded by those guys who see that as like an opportunity for adventure. So like, you know, if you're broken down, it's 4 a.m. And, you know, like, Mike, come get me. Like, oh, that sounds like fun. Like, yes, that sounds yeah. like it's going to ruin my day, but it's also going to be awesome. Let's go do this thing. 
And you want those kind of guys in your life. And a lot of guys don't have that. They don't know how to have that conversation or how to yeah. draw those guys in. And so that's what the foundry is all about. So Wolf and Iron does a good job of reaching guys with the podcast and some products. Um, but that's not enough. I really want to help guys grow so that when they look back, you know, 10 years after being a part of something, five years after being a part of something with Wolf and Iron, they go, man, this has changed my, you know, direction in life. It's changed my, my family life. And so that's what, that's one of the things I get excited about is that when you can change people's lives, man, it's so much better than, than making a product. And you can touch somebody, impact somebody in a really positive way, like at the heart level. That's so much better than anything you can sell online, I think. Yeah, and it's and it's that's what drew me to, to your stuff the most. It's it's you're doing you're a business person, you're doing business, but also you're doing something that's far more valuable. Um, you're you're being an influence in in men's life and help them to be to be better dads, to be better husbands, uh, and to be part of a community where they're not just alone. They're not dealing with problems alone. Um, problems are nasty, yucky, uh, messy. Um, but they're, uh, they're not dealt well with when they're alone. That's, that's, that's what we should be for each other. And I totally get it. I've got a, a local guy that I've introduced to your stuff and I'm interested in having the conversation with him because he's kind of doing this on a smaller level. Um, so yeah, I totally dig it. There's way too many brilliant businessmen who, who do their stuff and go home yep. and don't know what their passions are. Business women too, uh, don't know what their passions are. Um, and that's all they do is their business, but they find something that they're passionate about. That's going to, to help somebody to help their brother, help their sister. Um, and they devote it to that. Um, I, I know a number of businesses that are, if you just looked at the business, I would go, that looks like the most boring thing in the world to me. Like the business itself doesn't sound exciting, but they take whatever that boring is, they make profit off of it. And then they go do fun stuff. They do mission work. They do events, you know, for people locally, they help, you know, local families, they do all kinds of stuff that really, once again, connects us with another human being, helps, you know, change somebody's life. And, and that's part of that culture, too. You could work at a fairly dry and not too exciting business if that business, if the heart of that business is evident in the work that it does with some of the profit that it makes. And I think any business out there, um, that really should be your goal is to say, how could I not just support myself, but how could I grow a business where it could really change and impact people's lives. And that's almost like the, the thing I get excited about most is just how can we impact somebody's life with what we're doing? And, uh, and if you can trans transform that, I think you're going to love what you do. Yeah. And it sounds in and, and so many, so many businesses that is maybe it's, maybe it's not a rut. That's just where they started and where they're going to stay. I think people want to do business. People want to do something different, but they end up, you know, you just get really busy and things get hectic and you just fall in that rut. Um, sounds like you have a, a, a wonderful business partner and your wife. Mm -hmm. um, how do you protect yourself against that? I mean, you guys are going to get busy. It, the, the natural default is going to be to just put your, put your head down and, and just work. How, how do you stay away from that and, and keep that high level of forward thinking? You're, you're building, you're pouring into your employees, you're building culture. What do you, what do you do to make sure you stay out of that, um, potential to go in that rut and continue to do the, the work that you're doing now. This is going to sound maybe overly simplistic and it might sound too, um, too good to be true, but we try to take a lot of vacations hmm. and that, that sounds strange, but like when you get away from your business uh, and you go to Florida or you go wherever you consider vacation, Texas, wherever it happens to be up North, it doesn't matter. You go on a vacation and that just you, about a week into that vacation, you're like, man, 
I feel so much more relaxed. I feel like I have these new ideas. I'm, I'm inspired again. Um, and, you know, what, what do we really want to be doing? And then that helps my wife and I go, well, if we really want to be doing more philanthropy type of stuff, or if we want to be creating more unique products or forming partnerships with, with other brands, we can't do that while we're also doing the IT stuff day to day, doing the wow. operational management stuff day to day. So what do we need then? Well, we need the right people in the place to handle these things so we can go do what we just know we feel passionate about. And it's, it's really, it, it's, whether it's a vacation or if it's just an over weekend getaway, you know, whatever you want to call that, it's really just about pausing things, getting out of your environment and resetting your heart to what is it that you're really gifted in? What are you, what are you made to do? Uh, and, and how do you structure your business so that you can do those things and never feel guilty about hiring somebody to do some aspect of your business. A lot of business owners think, well, you know, that's somebody shouldn't be, that's really my job. That's really my job. You know, you, you know that maybe it is, but it's yeah. also your job to lead the business and help it to grow and, um, and to offer somebody else the opportunity to work in their strengths. And so, um, we just try to get out of our own way and bring other people in to do awesome stuff. And that seems to be that, you know, when the right person is doing the right things, things go very smoothly. Yeah. And, um, and when they're not, it's a, it's a lot of disruption. Yeah. I like that. And in fact that you've got built in, it's, it's really, it's really unique and convenient that your business partner is your wife, mm -hmm. you both are visionaries and she would tend to go on those vacations. So you, you don't typically take your business partner with, with you on vacation. If you want to unwind and, and kind of and kind of take a step back and rethink everything, but you've got that built-in helpmate and a wife, and she's got you as a helpmate and a husband, and um and you can just be, uh, and you can think about these things together. And again, you're both visionaries. I guess the hardest part is you got to find somebody to go implement everything because you're both visionaries. That's exactly uh, the hard part. Yeah, and finding the time to find the people is a challenge, because if I'm working on some website stuff, because I do all of our IT things, if I'm working on some website stuff that needs to get done then I'm not interviewing people on, you know, how to, you know, yeah. do something else. So we just, you know, there's, we try to think there's going to be a season of very, very busy, busy, you know, kind of stuff, uh, but we can't live in that mode all the time. We got to have a, uh, some slow time. And, um, and thankfully for us, you know, it's kind of interesting being in the wedding business. Um, the, our slow time is typically like November and December uh -huh. uh, because people aren't necessarily getting married. They're not thinking about, they're thinking about possibly getting engaged, but they're not necessarily buying a wedding ring usually during those times. Other jewelers will sell like necklaces and little things like that. So they yeah. stay really busy, but we don't, we actually really like that. It's really nice for us during those holiday months to just kind of have a little bit more of a slower pace. It gives us time to think about the new year. And so there's a lot of things that are just built into our, our we kind of fell into with Rustic and Maine that uh, have actually been really nice. Um, summertime is usually a slower time for us. We're actually really busy right now, but usually it's a slower time for us. Um, so good time of vacation. So, um, but you can structure your business to accommodate the life that you want to live and you, you definitely should. Yeah, for sure. And that's great that you guys can do that. Um, one of my last questions is what do you, um, once you've, once you've moved on and everything, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, well I guess you work so closely with your wife. What do you, what do you and your wife want to be remembered for? um, 50 years from now, a hundred years from now. You know, I've seen, uh, over the years, I've seen everything from funerals to, um, retirements and things like that. And I always love it when there's just a lot of people, more people than you can count to show up with their stories of how mm -hmm. this person changed my life or impacted my life. And they don't have to be celebrities. They don't have to be, 
you know, anybody that anybody else would know. It's really just about, uh, am I making a difference in the life of other people? And so, um, you know, that may be through some philanthropy stuff that we do. It may be through just offering people a job and a place to work that they feel loved and respected. Uh, whatever that happens to be, that's, that's the thing that I, if I'm going to be remembered for something, it's that. Um, it'd be cool if I got remembered for like stopping a terrorist attack or something too. So maybe if we could throw that yeah. in, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. And they also stopped a terrorist attack. That was great. You can do two things at once. You can do two things, but if you know, but in more likely though, yeah, just people showing up just saying, just thankful for them. And, uh, and just to set that example that somebody mm -hmm. can live a life that can have a multi-generational impact if they're just willing to, to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word, man. Well, um, Mike, what is the best place for somebody to find you and, and, actually see with their own eyes what we're what we're talking about probably rustic and main uh, and that's main as in main street um so rustic and main.com uh, you can go there you can go to wolf and either one of those is going to take you to either business you're going to find out about me from you know different uh, perspectives there on rustic you'll get a chance to see the team you can see the rings and all that kind of stuff and kind of get a get an idea of what we what we do over there Okay. And then, um, whatever podcast vehicle you use, um, yep. rest, uh, Wolf and Iron there too. Yep. Um, Mike's podcasts aren't always about the same thing. They're pretty cool. They're sometimes they're thoughts that, um, that I've, I've appreciated. They're, uh, half baked ideas that you're trying to finish. Um, I love the fact that you, you think out loud and you, and you're open to, or I mean, you called me back. What kind of faith is that? I mean, um, but you're open to ideas and you've, you've, you're constantly progressing with your business model uh, and you're just trying to figure things out because things are changing um, and you put that out there. So one of the reasons I had you on was you're just a collaborator. So I know there's folks that won't resonate, but there's a lot of folks that will. And a lot of folks are stuck in the same place or not stuck, but in, in, in their journey in the same place with their business or their personal life. Uh, and you're a collaborator. Um, and if, I know the right people you would, uh, you're going to learn from them and it's, it's worth your time to do those things. So, um, yeah, take a look at Mike's stuff. Uh, I certainly do not just for this podcast, but I'm, uh, for the things that I do with my life, you know, professionally, um, I'm learning some stuff from Mike and, and, and then personally with some things I'm doing there, um, it's all good stuff. So Mike, man, it's been my pleasure to finally get you on the podcast. It's not that I've been trying forever. I just finally started trying. Uh, I definitely want to introduce you to the folks that, uh, that kind of follow my stuff and um, just hoping something resonates and um, so, you know, you're going to learn something in the future and the folks that, uh, that I connect with can do the same thing. So we're, um, we're all problem solvers in one fashion or another. And if it's your main lane, that's great. Cause that's what you do for a living. Um, but we all, we all often overlap that and we answer, I know for us, probably like you, we want to hear what, what the other problems are and tell me about that because the more you tell me, the more I can go, Hey, guess what? I need to introduce you to a guy named Mike. He's a business owner. He's kind of doing these things with employees. He's kind of struggled with that as well. Um, but the thing is, I'm not going to try to explain what it is that you're doing well, because I'm going to screw that up. It's like when somebody, I have a 100% failure rate when somebody tries to explain me, to their decision makers at their company, it makes me sound like a hundred other monkeys with an insurance license. Yep. So it's, it's all about knowing, it's just knowing people that would be people that you trust um, to say, 
it's just going to be worth your time to have a conversation with X. Um, just trust me. He's just somebody you want to know for your phase of life or your stage or whatever. So that's my goal. I, I love problem solving like you, and I love being a connector of people. So hopefully I've done that in a positive way for, for somebody today and maybe, but man, thanks for being here. You have a great day, um, making stuff and moving stuff along. All right. Thanks, Gabe, man. It's a great opportunity. Appreciate you, man. I'm sure we'll connect up soon. Sounds great. Thanks.